Hello, peasants. Yeah, I've had it up to here with this place. Bite my shiny metal ass. <laughs> Computer status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! It's TalkCast 91, and if you're a superhero tonight, it's all about you on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51 at the sub-level 25 Starbucks, waiting for my human ice double frappuccino. I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight from the Austin Brighton Box Farm, the former anime princess, currently cat wrangler to the stars, Kriana. Oh, so many boxes, and the cats <laughs> keep scratching them. <laughs> How many times have I told you you can only put one cat in the Schrodinger's box? Our oh, grammar box cutter is on. Brian is somewhere with us tonight. Or maybe not. Hello, I'm here. Ah, there she is. She I got knew I heard a squeak. Box vortex. Mm -hmm. Not joining us tonight from the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, the dead redhead who is a pressing engagement, and I'm not telling you who she's pressing. From Outpost Gallifrey in Indiana, the crop circle maker for Hasbro, Captain Segway Awake by Java would be with us on his iPhone, except he's got an AT&T iPhone, which doesn't work anywhere. So we're waiting for him to hit the house. <laughs> Tonight, we're giving a big hello and welcome to Bill Walco, creator of the incredibly funny... Wow, my teeth didn't work there for a minute. <laughs> creator of the incredibly funny webcomic, The Hero Business. Hey, Bill, how are you? Hey, how's it going? It's, uh, well, it's been an interesting night of, of, of uh, technical screw-ups and, uh, and other stuff. But, we, you know, we're going we're gonna to push through because Skype is our bitch tonight. Oh, famous last words. Why do you have to say that? <laughs> I live for danger. That's why. So anyhow, it's been an interesting week of, of, of stuff happening and not happening. And um, I would love to talk about Torchwood. But it didn't hit in America this week, did it? That doesn't matter. I mean, that matters a lot. Of course that matters a lot. That's a horrible thing to have happen. But in, in Britain, they ran uh, Miracle Day Episode 1 on uh, Saturday. Hey, look at it this way. At least we know, since the British and the American versions are going to be different, we at least have a chance to see Gwen's boobs. Somewhere. But the question is whether it's the British version or the American version we're going to see it in. My guess is it's the American Oh, version. it's totally the American version. <laughs> British people are all like, bad teeth, swearing, but boobs, no way. Evidently. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. I quote again, Raunchy sex scenes in the American version. Yes. Yay. Okay, I'll be waiting for that, and we'll we'll do a compare and contrast next week of episode one for both of them. <laughs> episode um, one. It's like Star Wars, but not. <laughs> People are, you know, there's, there's all kinds of blogosphere BS about rebooting Torchwood for the American audience, and this is nowhere near as a reboot at all. In fact, it's, it's, it's an absolute continuation of Children of Earth. Yeah, they're stupid. They clearly don't know what's going on. And I, it's, it's just ridiculous. As, I'll tell you, for me, um, as much as I hate Gwen, <laughs> it was kind of nice to see her back. It hey, it's all fun. worth it for Captain Jack Horny Pants. Yeah, it is for you, evidently. You know what that is? It's, yay, someone's not dead! <laughs> I know, because the rest <laughs> of the cats are just croaked. Yeah, it's, it pretty much is that, isn't it? I mean, yeah, there are two people in the cast left. They're both still alive. No, no, three. Three. Reese. Reese, I guess, is still alive, right? Yes. 
So Jack and Gwen. I can neither confirm nor deny that. And and doesn't Gwen have like a baby or something? I can neither confirm nor deny that. No spooler. I no spoolering, spoilering. Wow, your teeth really aren't working. No, not with that goddamn tonight. (laughs) Burn. Yeah, you think? Wow. Okay, sucks to be old. And, you know, while we're sitting here wondering about, you know, how good Miracle Day is going to be and all the rest of that, Falling Skies gets picked up for a second season. Why? (laughs) And that's all we need to say about it because it's stupidity, stupidity, stupidity. I don't understand how we have a sci-fi channel that does those silly movies. We have, you know, good programming coming from all over the world and falling skies gets picked up. Have you seen that yet, Bill? Uh, falling skies, I've not seen it. You're not missing a damn thing. It's by the same guys that did Battlestar Galactica, right? Oh, gosh, no. No, no, no. No, 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 not even close. If it had been, it would have given it the slightest bit of credibility. It's uh, Noah Everett. Oh, okay. The the whiny librarian and formerly the whiny ER. Oh, no, no, Wiley, right? No, Wiley, I'm sorry. What did I say? Noah Everett? Wow. Yeah, who the Uh, hell are you talking about? I don't know. I think I've I've been drinking too much once again. As Uh, usual. So it's a big pass, big skip it. Huge, huge skip it. It's just painfully, painfully ridiculous. What else is going on? Um, well, the HTML in the page is fucking up royally right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> just in case you wanted to know that. Um, yeah, well, how about that? Yeah, like royally. There we go. All right, cool. What was the last stupid time <laughs> What were we just talking about? We were talking about falling skies. Okay. Yeah, yeah we absolutely. Why were we talking about terrible. falling skies? Um, we were talking about falling skies so we don't ever have to talk about it again and we could ignore it from this point onward. Okay, something that's totally you're saying, not you're on the list. Worse than, you're saying it's worse than Mega Snake, even. Oh, hell yeah. Is it worse than Smallville? Ooh. Uh. You we have might to, have to do a, a head-to-head and see if it's worse than Smallville. Okay, I leave that up to the listeners then to make the comment, which is worse, Falling Skies or Smallville? And we will see what happens with that. Like, totally screwing up here, guys. Sorry. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I don't know. I tried to be all prepared, and then shit broke, and then... I don't know. I'm just not having a good day, everybody. Wow, the bunker is in shambles tonight, isn't it? <laughs> um. Oh. Um. Doesn't the new Siffy crap start like on Monday? Uh, I think new so. Arena, yeah. Yeah. New warehouse Thomas. and new uh, alphas. Warehouse alphas is Monday. Warehouse is, is Thursday. Eureka's and, Monday. Uh, Eureka's Thursday, isn't it? No, it's Monday. They moved it. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, Haven yeah. is Monday too. Ooh, okay. I liked Haven. Shut up. Well, somebody had to. I guess you were the one. We thoroughly enjoy Haven in this household. Two of us. That's that's two. Okay, that's the entire demographic. A bunker in Boston. Clearly not, or they wouldn't have brought it back. Oh yeah, but they're still doing Mega Python, and they're still doing Sharktopus. No, Sharktopus is clearly over. Okay, okay, okay. So Comic Con's coming up, and um, there there was a post on IO9 about toys you'll sell your organs for. And I'm usually like totally not a toy person. And I, whoa, are you serious? You're totally not a toy person? Not really, <laughs> not anymore. I used to be more of a toy person, but um, there's lock and key models of the keys from Lock and Key, the comic book. Oh, yes, there is. Actually. And I would right totally sell an organ for one of those. <laughs> and so they're not that expensive. They're not that expensive. They're like 25 
box, I would totally hit that. So if you need a kidney, contact Kriana or if you're in San Diego at SciFiSaturdayNight.com <laughs> with your blood type, and we'll talk about it. You know what else is in that list, which I thought was kind of interesting? No. Uh, one of our former guests is in there. Uh, did I miss one? Crap. Yeah, Toy Supervillain the Suck Lord. Seriously? Yeah. His gay is, empire, is really Lavender Guard. Or are you just making a joke right now? No, it's, he's serious. It's It's DJ Suck Lord? That's the guy, yes. That's the guy who was on her show. Scroll down. Okay, it's not the Furby. No, keep going. That's not a Furby. That's a girl. It's right under lock and key. So. I don't don't know where I am. You're too far down. Go up. So, in the meantime, I want to talk about something that's not on the list. You scroll right past it. Um, Right there. Empire, what the crap? <laughs> Asking and telling edition. I like that. Oh my god, it really is him. I had no idea. Oh, I told you. Yeah, and remember how much fun he was when he was on the show? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I was looking at that and thinking I kind of wanted one. I'm sure oh. his figurines are, are very nice. What was that you said, Bill? I was wondering if the pink guard was already taken and he chose to go with lavender guard. Um, have you ever listened to his music? No. Ah, okay. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's an interesting character. Okay. And we, we spent an hour with him one night that felt like about six hours, if you know what I mean. All right, be nice. He wasn't that bad. Um... <laughs> What else did I put down here? Oh, the Invisible Ink comic book. That was really cool. Do you see that? Yeah, I did kind of see that. That was one of the weirdest things I've seen in a long time. Um, Comes with a black light to read it by. Warren Ellis has, you know, I'm sorry. He's, he's an amazing kind of guy. And basically it's all drawings of people sitting on a bus. And you can read their thoughts if you have a black light. It's kind of cool. So there's essentially two stories in the book. There's the written story, and then there's the blacklight story. Yes, that is kind of the point. That's kind of cool. That is awesome. I have something that is not on the list, but I feel like we need to give it the credit that it is due. Because it is a national holiday week, you guys. It's Shark Week. (laughs) <laughs> and some things are just important. Yeah, not that one, though. So happy Shark Week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everybody. It's sh- happy Shark Week. Absolutely. Yeah, when cephalopods have a week, let me know. Cephalopods don't deserve a week. Ugh, cephalopods are way more badass than sharks. <laughs> I bet they kill more people per capita. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you were just blowing that right out of your butt. That was really good, actually. Thank you. You better put a link up to Shark Week somewhere. No. I, I really think that's a good idea. I'm in charge of the mouse, and I'm not allowing it. <laughs> I'll edit posts later. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> the grammar Nazi gets to edit anything. I will revoke your privileges. <laughs> All of you. So... In movie news? There's movie news. There is movie news. It's right there. There's a bunch of movie news this week. Uh, More Captain America stills came out. It looks better and better every damn time I see it. Really? Yeah. Really? Really. It looks better than Thor. Hey, Thor was good. Yeah, it might be slightly better than Green Lantern. No, 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 no. Anything's better. It, it than may top X Men First Class. X Men First Class was good. All right, it's probably worse than X Men First Class, <laughs> but better than Green Lantern. I am revoking your privileges to talk about movies. Okay, okay. Well, we'll agree that Thor was the best movie of the summer. No, not yet. And not then, and then X Men First Class. And then Captain America, and then Green Lantern. Captain America hasn't come out yet. You can't even do that. <laughs> yes, I can. We haven't seen Cowboys vs. Aliens yet. She's very right. She's absolutely I'm right. I'm talking about comic book movies. That could be the sleeper hit of the summer. Comic book movies only. 
thought uh, Cowboys and versus Aliens. It's a comic book. Movie. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Not Sorry. a classic one though. No. Dove and I win. You don't win. <laughs> you never win. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's the two winners for you. Men in Black Three. Yes, <laughs> it's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> I cannot believe they're actually going to try and pull one more out of that franchise. Will Smith's totally getting jiggy with it. <laughs> na, 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 na. Yeah, totally. I, I think you're going to whip 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 his daughter's hair or something. Totally going to whip his hair, whatever. But what's even stranger than that is there's actually going to be a movie based on the 8-bit game wonder Space Invaders. Why? What? Stupidity. Yeah. How do you base a movie on that? Um, I don't know. You're asking me to explain Hollywood when Hollywood can't explain Hollywood. Is, like, yeah. is, the, is the dialogue all going to be like, whoop, 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 whoop? <laughs> you know, it would be so cool if all the music was like 8-bit music. That would be awesome. That would make it slightly better than what I'm pretty sure it's going to be. Which is bad. Very, very bad. I think it's probably going to make Transformers Dark of the Moon look good. It might make the Dungeons and Dragons movie look good. The one with Tom Hanks? I don't know who is in it. <laughs> the one with the Wayne Brothers Dungeons and Dragons movie? Oh yes, it might have been actually. And um, was it Alan Rickman? Alan Rickman, yes. Alan Doomy Rickman? <laughs> is that his middle name? I don't know. <laughs> it totally is. According to Kriana, it is yes, evidently. <laughs> oh, that was a horrifyingly funny movie. This HTML is so I don't know, my mom wouldn't so let me see not. it because she bought into the whole thing where Dungeons and Dragons will make you a devil worshiper. Uh, it totally well, does. It totally does, yeah, he's absolutely right. Which is why we're not letting Java on the show tonight. <laughs> what is he back? He's a dungeon master. I have no idea. Uh, I actually think his I, I think he's pissed because I made fun of his iPhone. In any case, <laughs> well, it's not like it wasn't justified. Yeah, it was totally justified. Totally justified. Uh, interesting comic book coming out. A limited series from Dark Horse. Dollhouse Epitaphs. Man. I'm so over Dollhouse. Unless they came out with more. I mean, like, standalone-wise, not as good as Firefly. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It just got kind of dumb. Oh, I mean, there was definitely a, a, an aura of dumbness that hit through it. I don't think there's any Not question. like at the beginning, but then, like... I, was like I, think, it was just, I think it was just unfocused. Like yeah, it seemed see, like I they never really figured out what it wanted to be. And then when they had to end it at the end of the first season, they, they gave it that weird-ass ending and then realized that they were never going to broadcast it and did a second ending at the end of the second season that was even stranger. Yeah. See, I would argue that if the second season had been the first season, it would have been a much better show. You're probably right. You're Perhaps. Honest. Perhaps not. But it's interesting because what they've done is there was, uh, uh, this is going to be a five-issue series um, set in, in the future where Rossum Corporation is now global. Meh. Wasn't it global before? At the, at the very ending it was. They showed that ending 20 years in the future. Oh, okay. Where they had turned it uh, global. And it was, uh, it was, I don't know, I kind of, you know, I'm sorry, but I kind of liked it. I kind of really liked it. I just thought it was well worth the effort. Dear WordPress, I hate you. <laughs> what the hell? Apparently WordPress is not worth the effort. Yeah, that's so I'm You sorry. would think that a list would be easy. You no. Evidently not. So we had some pictures come out of The Hobbit. We did, didn't we? They were cool. 
That's all I have to say about it. They were cool. <laughs> I'm reserving judgment until I get to see Bomber. Wait, did did you see them though? I have seen them. Wait, Zombarian, okay. did you see them? I didn't see them. Oh, all right, hang on. I'm showing Zombarian, and then she can be judgmental about them. Okay, uh, and you can bring Java in, in now. In three, two, judge. What's with the hair? <laughs> it's dwarf hair. It's cool looking. That is the most BS dwarf hair I've ever seen. Just because his hair is a little pointy does not make him less of a dwarf. He looks like Astro Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of does. Yeah, he kind of does. in a good way. (laughs) And the other one looks like Shirley Temple. No. At least the one in the middle has the sense to have his hood up. He looks like Friar Tuck a little bit. Actually, the guy on the right looks like a Klingon. Yeah, a little bit without the forehead. Well, it's kind of got the forehead. A little bit. Just not really pronounced. Maybe he's like a half Klingon, like banana. Half Klingon, half Hobbit. Clobbit. They're clobbits. That's what they are. Half They're clobbits. Half hobbit. I don't want to imagine how that would come about. I don't want to live in a world where there's half... Today is a good day to take the ring. I have no idea. No, today is a good day for second breakfast. (laughs) Hey, Hey, at least they have some type of personality other than just, you know, what we got from the Lord of the Rings. Ladies and no gentlemen, it's Awake by Java. Because <laughs> that was pretty much goofy comic relief, which is technically no personality. Well, hey, but... But he had awesome hair. I know. I will give him awesome hair. He had awesome extensions, let's put it that way. Yes, <laughs> they were flowing and luxurious. I think they look dwarfy. I don't know. We can't have them all look the same. How would we tell them apart? There's going to be a lot of them. There are 13, right? Yeah. 13. So they got to at least look a little distinctive. Yeah, but I mean, why Why has the guy got like a bullet head? What's the deal? <laughs> yeah, maybe he's showing off his virility. Well, I mean, if you... If, um, okay, hold on. Let me put on my uh, neck beard voice. I'm sorry, but... um. If you had read the Silmarillion, you would know that the dwarves were crafted by honor and not crafted by the administrator. So, um, you, you just have to know that the dwarves are not as perfect your creations as men, mankind and the elves, because those are crafted by the, the one maker, and the dwarves were crafted by one of the Anya, okay? Well, it, it's, you, what, what you really have to understand is that in the Lovecraftian universe, there's, all, you know, the whole Cthulhu myth. You know, we can go on the I mean, <laughs> the dwarves are an imperfect creation, so. They're not so, supposed to be pretty. So, pointed no. heads and half Klingons works, evidently. Totally. It totally yeah, works absolutely. for them. I, I saw that and I went, yep, that works. And and not only that, but if you if you think back to The Hobbit, none of these dwarves were particularly heroic. I mean, over the course of their journey, I mean, they were they were pretty much... Um, weenies. They were weenies. Yeah, yeah throughout yeah, the whole... They were. I mean, if The Hobbit is braver than them, come on. Well, having portrayed the fat one in <laughs> a staged production of The Hobbit... The fat one? Did you have a name? Or I was Bomber. Just, just the fat one? I got stuck in a barrel. It was the most exciting moment of my life. <laughs> yeah, they were weenies. <laughs> I win again. They were weenies. That's it. Nobody disagreed with you. How do you win if nobody disagrees with you? <laughs> have you guys no seen the, the production videos uh, from The Hobbit? I have not. I've been looking at a couple of them as they've been coming yeah, there, out. I think there's been two production videos. The 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 first block of shooting is 250 days long. Jeez. Um, and and it just it just finished the first uh, the first part of the shoot the first block of shooting just finished 254 days of shooting. I mean seriously that that's almost an entire year. That's you know the better part of a year of shooting. It's ridiculous. And uh, three months later, they're starting the next the next shoot. Well, you know what? PJ always tries to do it right, but in the end, he'll cop out, so whatever. I don't know. There's no, much... you know what? The Lord of the Rings trilogy... Cop out. For... No. And cop no. out. As, as the purists 
gave it. No, no. It was no. a monumental, monumental task that, he while imperfect, at the was last damn minute. good. He, no, he screwed it at the last minute. Like, it was, it was good, it was good, it was good. And then he changed the ending for literally no reason. What just happened? I, I don't know. I was ranting and then... Can anyone... Okay, Skype is no longer my bitch. <laughs> I think that needs to be a sound clip. Last words. And that's hear? when the robot fell over. <laughs> <laughs> and evidently we're back uh, after making the foolish mistake of saying uh, who my bitch was tonight you know, the, the technology that shall not be named uh, yeah ev evidently Zeus has come down and did smack me in the face whatever that's what you get uh, yeah, Anyhow, before we <laughs> before I we get back, I told you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did. Okay, so fine. Before we get to our guest for the uh, this talking talking about uh, the web comic and, and all that neat stuff, there there was one other thing that I wanted to bring up. And Java, I don't know if you've got anything you wanted to bring to the table tonight, but. Uh, Wizard World New England 2011 has disappeared. <gasps> I was talking to one of the artists who was going to be there when they informed me on Friday that it no longer exists. Well, that sucks. And it's interesting now because if you go on the Wizard World website... It's now, there is a schedule for Wizard World New England at Boston at the Heinz, October 2012, date to be determined. That's such crap. I have no idea what's actually going on, but it would seem as if a couple of Wizard Worlds that were scheduled to be no longer exist for this year, and there's a whole lot of wondering about what's going to happen for next year. It's kind of strange. It's just kind of strange. I mean, you know, Wizard World is probably one of the biggest organizations of, of doing conventions with the exception of, you know, I mean, a national level with the exception of creation entertainment, which does all the Star Wars stuff and the and the Xena Warrior Princess ones. Well, I mean, <laughs> conventions don't seem to be a very good financial you know, situation right now. Well, because they're not doing them right. That could well, be, or, or it could just be that there's not as much of a demand. I oh, mean, uh, are you kidding me? You went to Boston this year. You saw how many people were at Comic-Con. Yeah, they there were tons of people at Boston Comic-Con. Um, but that said, I mean, there, there were, uh, I just don't feel like it, it's, it's a growing section of of you know our our genre i mean when, when you think well, about not places feelings do not data make <laughs> okay so so I'd, I'd really like to see how con uh attendance has has either increased or decreased over the past 10 years because i would well, almost guarantee that it's gone down when you, when you look at the ways that people get their information it used to be that if you wanted to get information about a series or you wanted to you know have an experience that was beyond uh just reading a comic you went to a con now that's not the case anymore because you can get you can engage in in a conversation about that that franchise without ever leaving your home and i think that a lot of people are doing that. i think you're still missing the point though i i think that if you actually did look at the data, that you would see a rise in Comic-Con attendance. Number one, it's not that expensive to go to a con. It, well, it doesn't have to be. Well, wait a minute. That's not necessarily true. It, well, That's, it doesn't have to be. Well, okay. There's, there's two different types of cons, though. There's the cons like Boston Comic-Con, and there's the con like Wizard World. There's the Wizard World, which is essentially a pay-as-you-go con. You pay to get in. You pay to have content 
contact with actors. You pay to have pictures taken. You pay to have autographs. It's well, this is why I said it doesn't have to be. It still can be. Right. Um, depending on what the strategy of the con is and what you're willing to do. I mean, you could go to Wizard World, pay your entry fee, have a ton of fun, and not have to pay anything else. You could still do that. You absolutely could. But so that's not where they base their profit motivation. That, that is totally not. But what I'm saying is a different con, like Boston Comic Con, that is where they base their profit on. It's just pretty much straight attendance and selling tables because they don't deal with bullshit like it's $40 to talk to James Marsters. It was actually 60 but who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> but um, the draw of cons is not, I don't think, the informational aspect of it, but the social aspect of it. And it's an outlet for people like cosplayers and all of these fan groups like the 501st and the Starfleet, whatever they are, and the Ghostbusters, people come to see them. And, and you're foolish if you think that they don't. Cause people well, another thing that people do at, at a Comic-Con as opposed to one of the, the like a, a feature con like, like Wizard World, is, you know, you can talk to an artist. You can get to get FaceTime with somebody who's art you like so i i think that certain styles of cons have gotten more valuable because the ultimate scarce material here is your time or the time of said artists and i think for access to that i mean boston comic-con had some doozies name them for me i don't remember who they are oh Bill yeah Walker. oh yeah totally who was them? Totally. I love now, him. Is he now, on right now? Bill, are you on? Okay, good. Now, Bill, you were at Boston, right? Yes, I was, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, and you do, you're do. you doing two more cons in the next month or so, aren't you? Yeah, I'm doing two in August. Okay. Uh, so, given, you know, Boston Comic Con, is it was that the first year you were there this year? Yeah, it was the first year I was there, and it was also the first year that I even had a table. Well, geez, Dome, uh, we would have met him before. Well, no, the reason I'm asking is because, well, not necessarily, even though, you know, we did try and get around to see everybody every for the past couple of years. Uh, it's kind of not possible to see everybody as much as we try to. Well, and I mean, Boston Comic Con... If they weren't doing well, they wouldn't be freaking growing as fast as they were. Java, you didn't you didn't experience this, but the first Boston Comic Con that we went to was kind of like in the basement of this hotel, and it was like this little warren of small rooms, which was kind of fun in a way and kind of really not fun. Yeah. Um, and then the next the next year they were at the Western Waterfront, right. which was totally a lot nicer than the first place, um, a little more less in the center of Boston than the first place, but um, too small because they, and they weren't expecting this. They were literally sold out five minutes after they opened and they had a line around the thing and people who were in line maybe got in after lunch because they hit capacity so fast and they made enough money that they moved it to the Heinz this year. And hello, come on. And I and I got to tell you, the Heinz this year was crowded, at, at not all the time, but there were definitely points during during Saturday's uh, main floor time that it was kind of you know difficult to get your way through that floor area. How, what did you think of uh, of Boston Con? I thought it was a really good show. Um, it was like kind of a good size that felt like you can get through the floor and see a lot of things. But it wasn't super crowded, like you know, San Diego can get completely insane where you can't even walk. Um, so it had like a good feeling of being on the small side where you actually get a chance to talk to people, and but there was enough to see. Like I think it had also like a good list of creators. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you know, they had a good mix of people who had been there multiple times before, our old friends, and all sorts of awesome new people that we'd never heard of and were excited to hear about. Like you. Is that it kind of had the best of both worlds of the really small, intimate cons and the really big, like, the breadth of big cons. Yeah, you know, I think 
you know, each con now, because there's a lot of them, and there's a danger of them reaching, like, a saturation point, because at what point will people keep going to them? And I think some of them have fallen away, and it's kind of like, oh, well, like the Wizard World one in New England, that seemed like a fairly popular one. But it's almost like it's almost like opening up a restaurant. Um, even though you have good food, you know, people might not come because of your location. So I think some of these shows, like, you have to almost, like, figure out what your perfect formula is. And for some of them, it might be staying on a little bit of a smaller side. And for some of them, like New York has really grown each year, and it's almost rivaling San Diego as far as size and uh, all the multimedia stuff it offers. So, you know, it's hard to say what makes a, a con kind of stink or slim. And I, I, you know, I think it's different every time, but, and here's something that I will sort of, I kind of want to point out, is that I, I am assuming you did not go to Wizard World? Uh, no, I went to that small New York one they had a couple months ago. <laughs> so, so we, we actually did go to Wizard World, and it was actually in the Heinz, so I can do a direct comparison here. The amount of stuff per square foot at Wizard World was at least 50% less than at Boston. You're right. It was, actually. So I'm sure they made a lot less money selling tables than they could have because they didn't have that many to sell. Yeah, well, the Wizard World formula, also for their shows, it seems like they've moved to be more of that celebrity experience. They're making their money off that, so they're making their money off the $60 for James Marsters versus just selling a table for somebody that's like, say, you know, $200 or whatever it is. Because um, then they get money per person that wants to see James Masters or whoever else is there. And I so. think that's the part that's sort of getting unsustainable because there are so many yeah. other ways to connect with celebrities that that may be the part that you're like, well, I can see all these yeah, awesome think, artists for free. Maybe it was successful the first couple of years that Wizard did, did it because you were able to do that. But once you've had that experience with James Marsters, like you don't need to have it every single year. Well, some people do, but we won't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. There, there are those people who will, who will spend that eighty dollars to put their arm around Spike and get the picture taken every year. And every year he'll look bored, and then at the very last minute, right before the click, he will smile. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking with Bill Walco, who uh, we met at Boston Comic Con uh, earlier this year. He has a webcomic called The Hero Business. I think it's funny when you pretend you're on the radio. Ah, uh, thank you. Why, why? I drop into that radio voice and do that radio uh, wraparound thing? Yeah. Oh, well, sorry. It doesn't really work for a podcast. Just well, i got to tell you, all those years working you know, in radio, kind of, that's the way it is. Anyhow, <laughs> we got to talking to Bill, and, and we started looking at his webcomic, and the webcomic is called The Hero Business. Actually, I, I got a shot glass from him in the shape of a, of a, of a test tube at, at Comic-Con. It was awesome. Still my favorite. Lots of vodka. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> so Bill kind of leads a dual life in... in the daytime, he's, you know, much like a superhero. In the daytime, he works in marketing and advertising. And uh, at night, he, he works on this wonderful webcomic called The Hero Business, which is, you know, whose, who's, I guess, hallmark is, with great power comes great marketability. That's right. That's, that's, a, great, that's a great tag to hand on this. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, and, you know, if you don't get the concept by the name, then I think that the, the tagline kind of tells the rest of the story. So, I mean, the whole thing stems from the fact that growing up reading comics, trying to figure out how the hell these guys survived outside of being superheroes. Yeah, because for some of them, I mean, I remember I grew up in the era of those who's who uh, things that came out in the Marvel Universe handbooks and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And some of these guys, their occupation was listed as adventurer. And even as a kid, I'm like, well, how do you pay your rent if you're an adventurer? It's not, not <laughs> you know, you can't really sell your services. And then you'd have certain superheroes that would, like, sell their services, and all the other superheroes would look down on them. They'd be like, you know, oh, you can't sell. We're doing this for the greater good. But the reality of it is, 
I think if these superheroes really existed, they'd be doing this stuff. So, you know, part of the conceit of my comic is that they are doing this stuff, and we just don't see it. So um, there's all sorts of things going behind the scenes that we aren't privy to that these superheroes are doing. So, you know, for example, I always wondered why every time the Justice League is charging towards a group of villains, it's always Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman in front. When, by all rights, shouldn't Flash always be in front? Like, he's the fastest. <laughs> so, you know, somehow these guys get to be A-list heroes, and somehow, like, Hawkman's always stuck in the back, like, flying, you know, 40 feet behind Superman. And I think there's a reason for that. I think that Superman just has a better PR agent. So, when I uh, emailed Bill to guest coordinate him for the show... <laughs> that, that's a verb, you know? That was a weird verb. Um, I, I asked him as a joke, what the heroes would have on their rider to appear on the show, and I loved his answer so much that I would like... Phil, do you remember what you said? Because I'd love you to tell everybody. Oh, yeah. Let me... Um, oh, jeez. I have to remember what my answer was. I hope it was clever. It oh, like it was. It was incredibly clever. <laughs> Should we log into email or something? Yeah, let me check it out here. Um, but what else can I tell you? I can tell you that, you know, the comic's been running for uh, about a year, and we're uh, just tying up the second storyline. Uh, so it's kind of a good place to jump in the next couple of weeks. You can kind of read two full storylines. And check out also uh, some of what I do is I call them coffee breaks. And those are just done-in-one gags where you don't have to read a storyline. You can just kind of um, come in and read the gags individually and get a flavor for the comic and see what it's all about and see what kind of kooky world uh, these characters live in. So, yeah, and in, uh, in answer to the question that you guys had uh, asked, uh, you had asked if the hero business characters appeared on the show and what would, would they want included in their contract writer. So we've got a couple of divas that are working at the company. One of them is Bravado, and he's sort of this has-been superhero. He was really big in the Silver Age, but um, he's not so big now. But he's just one of those classic heroes that everybody knows and he thinks he's a lot more famous than he actually is. And he sort of acts as the uh, hero business's spokesperson. And he also gets to train some of the heroes. So he's kind of a big blowhard. So he probably wanted his trailer to be furnished with uh, Venusian mineral water, uh, plus the entire collection of Bravado comics, so he can sit there and thrill to his own exploits again and again. And then we have another guy uh, who is an ex-villain turned office grunt, and his name is Dr. Malfactor. He was the arch nemesis of Bravado at one point, but now he's stuck uh, sort of working in the labs at the hero business. And he would just want plutonium because he's always running low and he always needs it ready when the next diabolical inspiration hits. He's my favorite. Yeah, Dr. Malfactor, a lot of people like him. Uh, he's, he's most people's favorite. Well, now he's not my favorite. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's too mainstream. <laughs> yeah, I'm too hipster for him. <laughs> Just kidding. I still like you. Yeah, so um, there's a number of things going on in the comic. Um, like I was mentioning, you could check out the site and just look at some of the done-on-one gags. But then if you um, like it enough and want to go into some of the storylines, we actually have a few little plot points running throughout each storyline. And one of the big ones is going to be a little bit of spoiler to the, last, uh, to the first storyline, if anybody's don't mind being spoilered. Um, but Parker Jameson, who's the new receptionist at the Hero Business, she's got a little secret. She's actually the daughter of a big-time supervillain, and she's keeping this a secret from the Hero Business, and we don't know why exactly. Uh, it seems like she's got a plan up her sleeve. I think you do know. I think you just up. don't want to tell us. What's that? I think you do know, and you just don't want to tell us. Well, I know. <laughs> if I didn't know, that'd be kind of silly. Um, but you're going to have to keep reading to find out exactly what she's up to. And we have some of the other characters that have some secrets, too, which you'll, which you'll discover as the uh, storyline's gone. Now, do you have a favorite character, either to draw or to write? Yeah, I have, you know, I kind of like all of them in different ways. Um, Bravado, I just think, is a lot of fun. He's almost like if Fraser Crane got superpowers. I think of him that way. Um... <laughs> Nice. I like Dr. Malfactor. He's just too much fun. He's like, you know, imagine the you know Silver Age Lex Luthor getting stuck 
uh, working in a lab with Superman, and you kind of get the idea of what that character would be like. Um, only he's a lot more curmudgeon-y than Lex Luthor ever was or will be. Um, Parker's a lot of fun. She's kind of a little sarcastic, and uh, Ooh, like I like me. the fact that we don't quite know everything about her yet. So as we find out more about her, uh, I think people will be surprised and interested in her. But Simon, there's a character named Simon who is a very conniving marketing director, and having worked in advertising and marketing for uh, a few years, I can say some of these characters might or might not be based on real life people I've known and worked with. <laughs> okay. Oh, you mean like Temple Brody might be? Nameless. What's that? You mean like Brody might be? Like Brody might be. I was, I was circling around to Brody. I was kind of saving him for last. <laughs> we also have um, Morgan, who's kind of a workaholic. She's a very type A personality. And um, she's pretty smart and savvy. And uh, she's on the ball. She's probably the one that is the most in control of things in the hero business as much as you can be. And then we have Brody, as Dylan just mentioned. And Brody is sort of an artist that is into comics. And, you know, he, um, he's very high in himself. And, you know, I could somehow channel some of my own agency experiences that have Brody <laughs> from time to time. I have uh, a girl wants the logo to be bigger and bigger on the costume. I can kind of relate. Um, so, yeah, so Brody's kind of fun because he's kind of parts of me in there. So I kind of like them all in different ways. I can and, understand. Uh, oh, that's a favorite of mine is uh, Templeton, who is Bravado's girlfriend, who's kind of like uh, the Silver Age Lois Lane on crack. Yes. Literally. No, no, she's not a drug addict, but she is um, She is always getting herself involved in the craziest of schemes, but to her, that's just like everyday life. So, you know, switching bodies to, you know, because uh, she's jealous of somebody that Bravado flirted with, that would be just a Tuesday for her. <laughs> and if you go to the website, and we're going to put up links for all this, in their shop, if you don't want to click through the entire first series of Hero Business, Collection 1 is on sale right there, and you can pick it up right there. Oh, right, that's like a good entry to the series. You get the first storyline, and you also get some of the coffee break uh, gags. So it kind of gives you a good idea of the flavor of the strip. Um, and then also the shop has some other, like, fun products that you might enjoy. Like, I think that... Uh, Kriana might have uh, enjoyed a happy hour or two with some test tube shots. <laughs> or 10. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so what's new? What's going on? What's, wh where's, where's the story heading? Uh, the, the story is, is, I'm just wrapping up the second storyline. It should be done in a week or two. Um, and we find out, we get another little piece of the puzzle as far as Parker and what her plan is. I'm also trying to wrangle up some guest scripts from some other webcomics guys that want to do something in the hero business universe. So if there's Ooh. anybody out there that's listening that's so inspired to do a little work in, uh, with these characters, just drop me a line. And then in the fall, we'll be diving back into the third storyline, which uh, if all plans go ahead is going to be focusing on Dr. Malfactor yes. as a scientist and that one is called Cry Malfactor and that's all I can tell you right now nice okay can I just say I'm like super jealous of people who can draw right now because you were just like open invitation to screw with my stuff and awesome not many people would say that seriously what's that um hey if you want to play with my characters please do it Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I can actually I can give a plug to somebody that uh, did something kind of cool. There's another webcomic out there called uh, Frankenstein Superstar, which is an awesome strip. And um, he actually used a couple of my characters in one of his early strips. And it was really fun to see another artist kind of tackle the characters and do a little bit with them. So That's like a really actually, unique perspective, though, because most people would be like, lawyer up, Sammy. Yeah, uh, no I'm, I'm really, you know, I think most people that, you know, do webcomics at some point have at least read a comic or watched a cartoon. 
and I think everybody's pretty familiar with this superhero universe and all the tropes that go with them. Um, so it's really, I'm really excited to see what people might do with uh, the hero business colliding with uh, their notions of superheroes. I just think I'm just jealous of people who can draw because I totally would do that. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. So we're we getting one new panel a week from you guys now. Yeah, uh, there's one page a week. Uh, so I do try to give you a lot of bang for your buck in a page. Um, I've thought about doing more of a strip format, like just the three or four panels, but I do like to give like a chunk of story every week. So um, rather than doing it twice a week, I'd rather do it often and really, you know, do a good job at it and do it once a week. The title of the comic strip is The Hero Business. We've been talking with Bill Walco. It's www.theherobiz.com. We're going to have links up to all of it so that you can join in the silliness. Bill, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Hey, thank you, guys. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, we've been called a lot of things, but fun's not usually one of them. <laughs> Coming up in the next couple of weeks, on the 16th, Matt Durskin and the Extraordinary Cast from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen podcast. On the 23rd, Ted Woods. You met him at Boston Comic Con, and now it's he's going to talk same, about his latest anthology fiction. It's just not the same. On the 30th, Jeff Burns and crew brings us Super Knocked Up. On August 6th, <laughs> no show. But on the 13th, we're back with the cast of Kill Shakespeare. And on the 20th, Everett Soares and the Sky Pirates of Valandor. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Comic Art House. Visit Bob and Kim and let them know what's going on with you. Sci-Fi <laughs> Saturday Night is also... Hey, I'm this winging this son of a bitch. Let me fly, would you? Artists. That's right. Some of the best artists around are at Comic Art House. <laughs> Tell them we sent you, and we love them. Illustrator X is rolling in his proverbial grave right now. Yeah, I know he is. <laughs> Sci-Fi Saturday Night is also the official podcast of Boston Comic Con. Check them out, because they're cool. <laughs> so are bow ties. <laughs> and fezzes. <laughs> Our theme music tonight is by The Noise. Pick the up noise. problem... The Benevolent Beast on iTunes. iTunes. I've got that part. <laughs> okay. Because you didn't have the rest of it. I was just going to help hey, you Hey, out. hey, hey, hey. It was close enough. It was um, close enough. Not really. From the Alston Brighton Box Farm, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana. You know what? Get it fixed. You know what? <laughs> You're the one who said that Skype mm. was your bitch. And okay. Zombrarian, thank you both for all that you do. Anytime. From Outpost Gallifrey, Captain Segway, wherever the hell you are. Good night, Java. And once again, Bill, thank you for joining us tonight. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Drum roll here would probably be good. <laughs>